If the Jewish and non-Jewish partners originally made an agreement whereby the non-Jew would get the profits from Shabbos and the Jew would get profits from Sunday, or the rest of the days would be divided equally. If afterwards they decided to divide everything equally, then that's okay. When they didn't make an agreement to begin with, the remedy is that the seller should give them the money back for the land, or they should sell it to someone else, and then go once again and purchase it uh, as a partnership, and they should make the condition at the time of the acquisition. And if they were partners in a store and they didn't make a condition, each one should go back and give his 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 portion and they should nullify the partnership and then they should go and make the partnership again and make the condition from the start and if they accepted land to do activity there in partnership then they should nullify the partnership and forgive one another afterwards they should uh, remake the partnership and make the condition from the get-go. Says the Ramah, If one wants to rent to a Gentile his portion on Shabbos, or to arrange some kind of profit share, Shari is permissible, as we explained above uh, in the previous chapter uh, regarding taxes and minting coins that's permissible and how much more so here that's permissible uh, as a partnership with a Gentile a Jew is allowed to give a Gentile money to do business with and even though the Gentile is doing business with them on Shabbos he can still split all the profits because this activity is not incumbent upon the Jew to do it such that we should say that the Gentile is acting on behalf of the Jew also the business is not clear whose business it is it's only in such a case where the Gentile is doing business alone with the money but if each person is doing his own business on his day and the Jew needs to work on a certain day uh, to offset what the Gentiles doing on Shabbos, then it's forbidden. And a Jew that has a collateral from a non-Jew, see further. Hey, <laughs> a Jew can give merchandise to a Gentile to sell if he arranged a certain amount for him as long as he doesn't say to him sell it on Shabbos if a Jew took a, an oven as a collateral from a Gentile and the Gentile accepted that whatever profit would come from the oven he would give to the Jew as interest on the loan. The Jews are allowed to accept all of the profit, including the Shabbos profit, because it's in the domain of the Gentile, and the Jew doesn't actually own the oven. And the Jew is not telling him to work on Shabbos. And the Gentile is simply working on his own behalf to fulfill his condition. Let's say a Gentile used a Jew's oven against his will on Shabbos, and then he said, okay, here's some bread um, I'm paying you as payment for the use of your oven. It's forbidden to derive benefit from it. 
Laws of lending and renting to a non-Jew on Shabbos. It's permissible to lend or rent one's uh, items, utensils, to a Gentile, even though he uses them for forbidden activity on Shabbos. Because we are not commanded that our utensils must rest. Yes, some say that vessels with with which one does activity of Shabbos that's forbidden on Shabbos could go in Macharisha uh, For example, a plow and the likes. It's forbidden to rent to a non-Jew on a Friday. But you can rent it on Thursday. As long as you don't take the rental amount for that 24-hour period or 25-hour period of Shabbos, uh, you don't take it distinctively, but you just take it as one lump sum. Like he rents it to him for an entire month or an entire week. And to lend something to him, you're allowed to lend your items to a Gentile even on Friday. And the law is like the second opinion. And one is allowed to lend on a Friday. Even if he's making a condition that the Gentile should repay the favor and lend him something else. And we don't say that uh, such a precondition would be akin to renting. It's forbidden to lend any item to a non-Jew on Shabbos itself. And even on a Friday, if it's almost dark, if there's insufficient time to take it out of the Jew's house before nightfall. Because people who see what's happening will assume that the Jew asked the non-Jew to take out these items from his house. It is forbidden to rent or lend an animal to a Gentile uh, to do work on Shabbos. Because in contrast with the utensils, a person is commanded that his animals should rest on Shabbos. But one may rent it or lend it, and to make a condition that he should return it before Shabbos. It doesn't help to say to the Gentile, okay, I'm renting it to you as long as you allow the animal to rest on Shabbos. Because we don't trust that the Gentile will keep his word. Continues If he lent it or rented it to a Gentile, and he made a condition that he should return it to him before Shabbos, but he then kept it over Shabbos, and the Jew should simply uh, make a declaration to himself that it is ownerless, that he doesn't own the animal, or he should even say that the animal is hereby uh, given to the Gentile, in order to save oneself from a biblical prohibition. He can make this declaration of ownership in front of three people, uh, as is generally the rule when it comes to the law of Hefker, of um, making something ownerless. Nobody else has the right to acquire it. Because he's not really wanting to completely and utterly make it ownerless forever. He simply wants to get out of the concern of pro, of transgressing Shabbos. This is all concerning Shabbos, but for Yom Tov, there's no concern, there's no obligation to have your animal rest on Yom Tov. A Jew who rented oxen to a non-Jew to plow, and he used them to plow. There are 
There are those that permit uh, if the Gentile accepted responsibility over these animals, should they die or be stolen or uh, appreciate or depreciate in price. Some say, though, that since the Gentile doesn't have the rights to sell the animal, Nicholas Bambus Israel still called the Jew's animal, uh, and therefore it would be considered his on Shabbos as well. So in the first case, it would not be considered belonging to the Jew and the Gentile would be allowed to work it because he's taken absolute responsibility. And according to the other opinion, since he can't sell it, then he cannot work it either, says the Ramav. See below in this chapter. Hey, if a Jew and a non-Jew have a partnership in an animal, the Gentile is allowed to use it uh, on Shabbos. How do they do it? They need to make a condition at the get-go when they purchase it that the Gentile should have the rights to Shabbos and the Jew should have the rights on a weekday. If they didn't make the condition from the beginning, it's forbidden. Even if they made a condition later. If you uh, gave it on a loan to a Gentile with a complete loan, that he would have the right to sell it, should he so wish, even without the Jews' permission. And that way, uh, the entire value is a debt that is incumbent upon the Gentile, and then it's permissible for him to work it. And some permit it, even if he was not given the permission to sell it. How do you do it? You give the a certain amount of money as a loan to the non-Jew, and the non-Jew then uses the animal as a security, or you hire her name, or you should give him an actual collateral of the animal, as long as he doesn't say from now. And some say that if the Jew simply wants him, don't do any forbidden activity with this animal on Shabbos. And then if he transgresses, and then he's responsible, even if anything should happen to it whatsoever. And you also write it up in a non-Jewish secular uh, arrangement. Now, if he goes and does Malacha with Anshabas, it's not the Jew's animal. Because the Gentile has accepted responsibility for any, should anything happen to it. Says the Ramah. All of these heterim are the halacha, and you can choose whichever one you want. And even if the animal belonged completely to the Jew, it's considered as if it was a partnership with the non Jew, as long as people know that this was done in a permissible manner. Uh, the laws of a non Jew who brings you the mail on Shabbos. One can send a letter via a Gentile, even late Friday afternoon, as long as you give him a fixed amount of money, as long as you don't say that he should specifically go on Shabbos. If you didn't give him a fixed amount, if there is no official postal service, the Masa in the place, you're not allowed to send it even from Sunday, but if there's an official postal service in town, you can send it even on a Friday. As long as 
long as there's sufficient time during the day that the male can reach the outermost uh, house uh, of the city. Says the Ramah, some permit even if there wasn't a fixed uh, value set, and even if there's no official postal service in town, as long as you sent the mail on a Thursday or earlier in the week. And one can rely upon them if necessary. If he arranged that he should give him his payment, uh, even though he didn't specify how much he would give him, Dinaka Kotzitz has the same law as someone who uh, gave a fixed amount. Because now the Gentile has taken responsibility for this envelope and he's working for himself. But if you didn't uh, make an agreement, even though you intend to give him payment, it's forbidden to lay Samcha Daite of the Israel Katarach. Because the non Jew has, has not yet. Thought, thought through that he's working for himself and he thinks he's working on behalf of the Jew. Let's say he hired uh, the non-Jew to do the job uh, a certain amount for each day uh, going and coming. But he is not concerned what when he will go. If it's on a Friday, also it's forbidden. Because it, when he goes out on Shabbos, it, it appears that that was the arrangement. If the non-Jew is taking the letters for free, even if he gave it to him on Friday, it's permissible. Because the non-Jew is doing it uh, of his own accord, and... It's only uh, to show favor to the Jew, uh, the fact that he accepted the envelope from him, and it's as if they made a set agreement. Says the Ramav, Yeshkolkim, some disagree with the whole is Bechinam, that any time one does it for free, also it's forbidden, the total happened, it's better to be strict. But in a place where the Gentile uh, starts the conversation with the Jew to say that he will uh, take it for free, he really intends to get some favor from the Jew, and it's permissible. Hey, if the Gentile is going of his own accord to another place and the Jew sends a letter with him, is permissible in any situation. If one has a Gentile employee for the year or more, you can't send him on Friday with a letter. If you only hired him for the purposes of uh, doing the mail, some say it's permissible when she's well Simon Reish Mem Dalis if hey as was explained above. Simon Reish Mem Ches Din Hamafik Bisfin Vahel Bashar Bashabas Vodalis. If and one who takes a ship uh, or a caravan on Shabbos. Alf Mutal Bisfin of Hilbert Shabbos is permissible to join a ship, a boat, even on a Friday, if you're off to do a mitzvah. Or Pesak Moshi Yishbois and one should make an arrangement that it stops. If afterwards the ship doesn't stop, one needn't be concerned. But if it's for a, a permissible, optional journey, then one may not go on a ship less than three days before Shabbos. Prior to three days is permissible. Even with a ship that is drawn by animals, even if the water doesn't have ten is not ten tefachim deep. And even in a situation that the Jew may afterwards have to do malacha on Shabbos to uh, drag the ship. Continues If it's a short journey, like uh, 
that only has it's only a journey of one day. one may leave on Friday morning because it's possible to reach the destination before Shabbos. And in those places where the custom is not to travel at all on a Friday, even a short journey, one should not travel. Base that which we may not take a journey in a boat. Less than three days before Shabbos. The reason is for Shabbos pleasure. Because the first three days of a journey are filled with uh, suffering and chaos. That's only those who take a journey in salt water seas. But in rivers, there's no suffering for those journeying in them. Therefore, you can take a journey in rivers even on a Friday. As long as we don't know that the they don't have a depth of less than 10 tefachim. If we know that from the bottom of the ship to the ground at the bottom of the river, there's less than 10 tefachim, also it's forbidden, says the Ramah uh, to leave the outer boundaries of the city, because we are bound by the outer limits uh, of the couple of thousand amas outside the city. Uh, also a boat that a Jew uh, will come to do Malacha on Shabbos it's forbidden to enter it three days before Shabbos uh, even if it's flowing um, waters and above the tent but there's no concern about there's no prohibition uh, in that the animals are drawing the ship at the edge of the river it's not like going in a carriage which is forbidden where it is permissible to journey on a Friday. If you entered the boat on a Friday and that became your new place for Shabbos, even though it is starting its journey on Shabbos, it's permissible as long as you don't leave the boat once you've established that as your Shabbos home. Says the Ramah, even if you did leave the ship, it's still permissible. Once you've already established that as your Shabbos place, it's permissible to leave it and come back to it. Um, because uh, that is the place of your journey. Some make Kiddush on the boat and then go back to their homes and stay the night. And the next day they come back onto the boat and depart on the journey. That's what they do in some places and one shouldn't protest. One who is going joining a caravan into the wilderness. And everyone knows that they will need to desecrate Shabbos. Because of the danger, they can't just wait in the wilderness on Shabbos by themselves. So three days before Shabbos, it's forbidden to go out in, on to such a journey. But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's permissible to go. And afterwards, if some dangerous situation should arise and they will need to desecrate Shabbos because of Koch Nefesh, it's permissible. But no desecration desecration of Shabbos for Allah Israel, one who is going, making Aliyah to Israel. If a caravan uh, came even on a Friday, since it's a mitzvah matter, he is allowed to join the caravan. And he should make an arrangement that they should wait on Shabbos. Once they're now in the desert, they don't want to wait with him. Even though it's outside the boundaries of the city, he's still allowed to continue the journey with them because of Pekach Nefesh. And once you've entered a city on Shabbos, you can 
uh, walk throughout that city. Even if they left him outside the city, he wants to enter the city. It's permissible. Since he went out for the purposes of a mitzvah, he, ha- he has 2,000 amas in every direction. Says the Ramah, uh, that any situation where a person is going for business or to see his friend, it's all considered a mitzvah and it's not considered going just optionally. It's only when he's just going uh, to travel. Therefore, in some places they were lenient uh, to that they do take boat rides and join caravans within three days of Shabbos because they make everything into a mitzvah because they have what to rely upon. Laws connected to Arab Shabbos. One shouldn't walk more than three passes on, on Friday. In order that you should be able to reach your home uh, with the day still long and you'll be able to prepare for the needs of the Shabbos meals. Whether you're going to other people's homes or to your own home, that's when you're in a settled area, in a place that you can prepare the needs of Shabbos. If in the place where he is, it's not possible for him to prepare the needs of Shabbos, or it's not a secure place of settlement, he can go many parsos. If he sent a message that he is going there for Shabbos, he can go many parsos in any situation. Base. Also, it's forbidden to make on a Friday a feast that you wouldn't ordinarily make during the week. Even an engagement party because of the honor due to Shabbos. So that you should enter Shabbos when you are hungry. And the entire day is included in the prohibition. And I believe that a bris or a pidin ben accompanied by a feast is permissible, and that's the general minic. Continues and to eat and drink without actually um, fixing a meal. I feel suda even a meal that you would ordinarily have during the week. The entire day is permissible, strictly speaking. But it's a mitzvah to avoid having a fixed meal, even if you would ordinarily have it during the week, from nine hours of the day and above. Gimel. It is the way of the pious to fast every Friday. If he accepted upon himself to fast on Friday, he needs to fast until nightfall. Unless he ex- uh, specified when he accepted the fast that he was only doing so until the time the congregation would be finished davening. Some say that he should never complete it. Rather, as soon as everyone leaves shul, he should eat. Therefore, with an individual's fast, he shouldn't complete it. And ideally, one should specify this. When you're accepting the fast, when it comes to a public fast, we do complete it, uh, and that's the custom. If it's a fast that one is making for a bad dream, then you do need to fast until nightfall. Similar to the Shabbos, if him, 
preparing the meals for Shabbos. A person should get up early on Friday to prepare the needs of Shabbos. Even if you have many servants, you should strive to prepare something personally for the needs of Shabbos to honor it. Rav Chista would chop the veggies. Rav Rav Yosef would chop wood. Rabbi Zerah would light the fire. Rav Nachman would tidy the house and bring in the items necessary for Shabbos and take out the weekday items. Um, from them, everyone should learn. I would not say, I'm not going to tarnish my honor. Because that is your honor. That you honor Shabbos. One should sharpen the knife on Erev Shabbos. Because that's part of the honor of Shabbos, that he is preparing himself for eating. One should increase meat and wine and delicacies as per one's ability. Simonration and olive. Not to do malacha, not to work on Friday from mincha from the afternoon and onwards. One who works on Arab Shabbos from mincha onwards will not see a sign of blessing. That means from 12:30. That it means uh, two and a half hours before the. Uh, Time of sunset. Says the Ramah. That's only when you work in a fixed manner. But if you work in a temporary manner, if you just to get something done, you didn't fix it. Shari is permissible. Therefore, you are allowed to write letters um, and the like. Base. To fix your clothing and utensils for the needs of Shabbos is permissible all day, says the And the same thing would apply to the clothes of your friend. If it's for the needs of Shabbos, and you're not getting paid for it. Similarly, one who writes Svarim for himself as he is learning, says But you're not allowed to write for a friend uh, and get paid for it. You can take a haircut all day. Even from a Jewish barber. One should lessen one's learning on Friday in order to be able to prepare the needs of Shabbos. Uh, those activities that are permissible and forbidden to begin on Erev Shabbos, uh, such that they will be completed on Shabbos. It's permissible to start a malacha on a Friday, close to the evening, even though you can't complete it uh, during the day on Friday, and it will complete on its own on Shabbos. For example, to soak ink and uh, incense in uh, in water, the Hemnistrim called Shabbos, and they continue to be soaked all Shabbos. Well, it says Unin shall pitch down the Tanuk Deshi Slavno, or to place uh, bundles of flax in the oven so that they uh, will be bleached. Well, it says Semel or to put wool into the pot, Sheino Al Eish, he took a batit, which is not on the fire, and it's sitting in the lime, Sheino Al Eish, also Sheino Yachata. If it's on the fire, it's forbidden because you might stoke the coals. Uh, and even if it's not on the fire, but it's not sitting in the lime, it's forbidden because you might stir it with a spoon. And one who stirs a pot of even if it's not on the fire, uh, is liable for cooking. And you're allowed to spread out nets for uh, animals and birds and fish, uh, which will uh, cap catch the animals on Shabbos. 
One is allowed to sell to a non-Jew and to help him load it close to the evening as long as he takes it out of the house of the Jew while it's still day. Says some permit the non-Jew to even take it out of the house of the Jew on Shabbos. If the Jew designated a place where the merchandise uh, belongs to the non-Jew in his house uh, while it's still Friday, but one should be strict about this, and see further.